am speaking about, compelling them to come in. It comes right from the scripture. As a matter of fact, these are the words of Jesus Christ. Look at Luke 14, 23. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Let's pray. Father, you're uh, calling us to a new day. We're in it. And we're discovering uh, direction and uh, the thoughts that you want us to have and the emphases that you want us to make. I pray that you give clarity to the body today, Lord, about things you're doing and places you're going, places you're taking us. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your direction and life for each of us as individuals and for the life of this church. I pray it and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So here are the words of Jesus Christ. And the three points I have come directly from the scripture. Quote, right from the scripture. The first is, go into the highways and the hedges. We're called to go. That, as part of the definition, means not to stay. Not to stay where we are or stay where we've always been or keep doing what we've always done in the sense that we, we, we don't change methodology. I like this statement. The methods are many. The principles are few. The methods can change, but the principles never do. And so God says, I don't want you to operate in your comfortable zone. When you say go to the hedges and the highways and compel them to come in, that's a little awkward. You ever lose a ball in a hedge? You ever fall into a hedge? It can be really uncomfortable. It's difficult to find things in a hedge. Matter of fact, you can get scratched up a little bit. You're kind of going out of your way if you're poking into a hedge. It's not your normal path or your normal course. Go into the highways and the hedges and compel them. That's That's a strong word. Another verse in the Bible says implore them to be reconciled to God. Question for us, each of us as individuals, I think it's fair. Are you going? Am I going? Are we going to the hedges and the highways and compelling them to come in personally? Well, I know that was written for the apostles, and I know it was written uh, a couple thousand years ago, but everything in the Bible still has meaning for us today. And if it's good for God's servants in that day to go and to compel, it's still good. He wants it from us as a church, but he wants it from us as individuals. You say, well, I'm not one of those outgoing people. I can't speak as easy or uh, uh, things are difficult for me that way. Look, you're very uniquely made, whether you're loud or or boisterous or quiet or soft-spoken. The way you are will reach someone that someone else can't reach. And I promise you that as you yield your life, God will create an opportunity for you to use just who he's made you to be in a special way, to share more about him. He said, go out, find them, and bring them in. That's talking about people coming to salvation in Jesus Christ. It's a parable. And what Jesus is saying is, there are a lot of people who will reject my name and will reject me as the way. But I don't want you to worry about that. I want you to go out there and find the people who will. Go get them and bring them back. With this in mind, we're rearranging our missions outreach to do more in this new day. When I say rearranging, I want you to know that in the 21 and a half years that I've been your senior pastor here, 
I think this is one of the three most important sermons that I've ever preached. I put it in the top three. Not saying it's the best, but saying that today you're going to hear about a catalytic shift in the direction that God's given us. Same DNA, same thing we've always done here, but God is calling us to move beyond the walls of this church into other communities. I'm going to put before you a new idea as well called Kingdom Builders. In the past, we've given to missions uh, every October. Now it will be every February. But the mission will not only be globally, where we've always reached out, but it'll also be locally as we reach out to to, uh, start new campuses that are horizon in multiple locations. So Kingdom Builders has to do with building the kingdom of God locally and globally. Global, helping missionaries financially with their personal Uh, building and overall ministry support, locally establishing Horizon campuses or multi-site and ministries throughout the southwest Portland area, while as well supporting other local ministries that aren't Horizon, which we've always done. So now we're putting both together, saying the mission of God is both across the street and across the world. And when we win someone to Christ here, God likes it as much as if we win someone to Christ in Africa. Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses. Now I want you to notice across the street and around the world. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want you to know as we move forward, I'm believing that our foreign missions emphasis and the amount of resources that we bring to that will be greater than ever. I don't believe we're going to go backwards and do less I believe we're going to do more it's always been important to this church to give beyond ourselves as a matter of fact I don't mind being open to people about this the tithe and offering for this church annually remember we do three services uh, on on a Sunday and there's about 40 percent of the people that uh, call Horizon their home that are here on any given Sunday. It's a weird day. So that's very different. So a lot of people go to church once a month. I don't think that's as good as, as, as going every week, but, but it's, it's what happens. So there's 2,500 people or so who would call this place home, and we get uh, just under 1,000 showing up on a, on a Sunday morning. But through the years, if you've been around, you've seen that, that we, we, we give beyond ourselves. So the annual budget here... For the tithe and the offering, that's not including the schools and the daycare, the annual budget is $1.5 million a year. Raising tithe and offering to go to all the ministries and outreaches that we do locally here. What might be interesting to you to know is that we give about a half million a year to missions beyond ourselves. That is way beyond, I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you the truth, that is way beyond what most churches do. I've always and we've always resisted the temptation. This is why we can do so much. Uh, and I, and I, that's not to say that what we're doing is enough. I want to do more across the world. Um, but the reason we can do it is we're not, we refuse to believe that if we ask for gifts to go to Cambodia or anywhere else in the world, that we'll lose here. I believe if we build God's kingdom everywhere, he'll always take care of us here. We've always resisted the temptation to worry about if they give here, they won't give there. We don't do that. That's why you see things come before you for other churches and other things across the world. And as a result, we don't designate necessarily 25 or 30% of our budget to missions. We come before you asking you to give monthly and pledge and give to special projects, and that's how much you give. This is an incredibly 
generous group of people here. And you are laying treasures up in heaven when you give beyond this place to the works of God around the world. I want you to look at one and show you as we move forward in Kingdom Builders that we're still very much committed to giving across the world. In 2013, we built a home for Remember New, but we made a commitment in 2012 that we tried to do a million dollars in Cambodia in the next decade. Since that time, a few years later, we've built 10 churches with two more ready to be built. I believe the resources are there if I, if I have it right, but over 10 are built already. And we've built a Remember New Home and we bought the property. We had a $165,000 offering in one morning here at this church to buy that property and build that home. And, and it's very cool that, that Pastor John is over there now. We're going to build another one this year that you'll hear more about in this sermon and beyond in Cambodia for Remember New on that same property. Take a look at this and, and, and know this, that the, 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 the medical team just hit ground there today. So they're there doing the dentistry and, and helping and reaching out and loving. You can pray for them this week. But here's part of, if you haven't seen it before, part of the kind of outreach that, that we love to uh, be a part of across the world. I will follow.
call that a remembered new home, but it's a little bit of a misnomer because it's a very large building. If I'm not mistaken, there's 40 young ladies who are rescued from sex trafficking that live in that home, that are kept from the streets where they'd be uh, abused, abandoned, neglected, misused, mistreated, and made sexual slaves. And doesn't that sound just like God to take a, a, a bunch of predominantly white people in, in, in Oregon and, and say, hey, I want you to care about another country and the poor and the downtrodden, and I want you to rid the world of these evils. We're doing our part. And those little girls find out about Jesus when they come into that home. They don't have a mom or a dad that's there for them. That's why they've been abandoned, and, and, and they're finding Jesus. I've been there. I've looked into the eyes of those little girls. I've thought about where they might be if they weren't there. And we're going to build another home that's an empty country, empty hearts as Pol Pot and the killing fields took the soul out of that country where it's hard for them to trust in anyone, but their hearts are being warmed by the love of Jesus and we're a part of it. We're always going to be reaching out this way and we're going to build another home there this year. You'll hear more about that in a moment. I wanted you to see this. We've asked more and more, uh, we've more and more people have asked us to show what we do. I'm sorry, it's in the middle here. Um, but these are all ministries that we support at from $100 to $500 a month. And you can see that we're all over the world. We're in Ethiopia. We're in Thailand. Uh, we're, in, we're in China. We're in, we're in Spain. And, and, and we're, we're supporting missionaries in those places. As we go forward in Kingdom Builders, as a matter of fact, this year is to increase our support personally to these missionaries and new missionaries to add 20% to our annual giving to do even more for these people that have sacrificed, given their lives, taken their families into these countries, some of them in Afghanistan and some places where they literally have training on what to do if they're, if they're captured. I mean, this is a different day and different kind of, of commitment than, than we've seen in our, in our lifetime. So just, just in the nation, but beyond our nation, you can see that we are a church that wants to be involved in, in the work of God all across the world. Second thought today. Firstly, Jesus said go into the highways and hedges. So we do that uh, uh, globally. We do it locally. And, and, and then secondly, he said compel them to come in. Ten years ago, I stood with Donnie Moore, who spoke here last week. He spoke 12 times uh, through Sunday through Wednesday. I used him and abused him and just threw him away after that. <clears throat> 10 years ago, he's been with us every year, at least once a year for 21 years, Donnie has. As, as he's an evangelist. The Bible talks about the evangelist. I like to bring him in, let the gifts function. God said that the evangelist is part of what would build up the body. And, um, but 10 years ago, before this place was built, I had Donnie stand out here with me overlooking a field that, was, that had no buildings on it. And I shared the vision with him of multiple buildings that would rise up through the year of a high school that God was going to use to train kids, to love kids, and to send them out into the world to do his work, both in business here and, and ministry beyond. <clears throat> and um, as he prayed, he's, he's a very prophetic guy. I mean, <clears throat> I believe the gifts are for today. And uh, it just makes sense to me as the Bible talks and acts about all these wonderful miracles that God would do that that a God that's so great would still want to do them to bless his people. I think people can get carried away when they talk about the gifts and, 
And uh, sometimes they say God will heal anything if you have faith, but he, but he didn't heal Job because it wasn't his will. He had a purpose of endurance and perseverance that others might be blessed and encouraged. And we've got to remember that Jesus himself chose to go to a cross and find pain, uh, endure the pain of the cross and suffering for the joy set before him, which is us here today. That's what the Bible says. For the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the same. It was the will of God to go through hard times. Now, I believe that God heals today, but I, I don't believe that uh, we can demand that he heals everything. We pray, and we ask him to heal, and we trust him. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. They believe by faith, and they saw miracles happen in the first half of the chapter, but the faith chapter, not very many people quote the second part of the chapter. They were living by faith when they, were, when they died. They were sawn in two, and the world was not worthy of them. They didn't get delivered, but they trusted God. So I pray for miracles, and I, I think we see them. I believe I've seen multiple miracles through the years here in this church and in my own personal life. But I know sometimes he calls me to endure, but it's also the endurance has to do with bringing glory to his name. And here's what I say. I don't mind the endurance as long as it really is his deal. I don't want any pain if it's not his deal. You know what I mean? But if he can go to the cross, and I can do what the Bible says and take up my cross as well from time to time, so the kingdom of God can be built and go forward. So I believe that the gifts work for today in, the, in that balance. And Donnie is especially used in the gift of prophecy. Through the years you know this, but I like a story he told us, even Donnie can miss every now and then, and that's why I think we ought to be yielded enough in our hearts to be used in the gifts. I mean, even like practice sometimes when the Lord gives you a word, but be humble enough to say, yeah, I might have missed that. You know, if, let the people judge. If it's God, they'll, they'll say that was God. And if it's not, don't fight about it, you know. And, but, but Donnie's been spot on for 21 years. I've never seen him be wrong, but he set up here at a meeting the other day that he was walking through a city with a pastor one time, <clears throat> and there was a, a fellow on the street, a street person, and Donnie prays a prayer every day. I love this about him. One of the parts of his prayer is, Lord, help me to give me an opportunity to help someone today who can't help themselves. Praise that every morning. And uh, he's the real deal. So he saw this guy on the street, and he got some money out of his wallet, and he gave it to the guy, and the pastor said, I don't know if I do that. That guy will just spend it on alcohol. Donnie said, no, I'm, I'm very discerning. I, I, I think this will be good. So he gave it. He, uh, an hour later, they walked by, and the guy's got a wine bottle up like this going, go, 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 go. And the pastor looked at Donnie and said, well, what do you say about that, Mr. Discernment? So even Donnie, <clears throat> I mean, he's not God, right? But the Lord uses him in the gifts. And as he was praying out here, he lifted his hands 10 years ago, praying over this property, nothing on it yet. No parking lot, no building, no fields, bunch of weeds. And he started to pray. When Donnie prays, he's just booming, man. He's got one of those voices just echoing across the field. And when he got done, he turned to me and said, Stan, I feel like the Lord's telling me to tell you that your vision is too small. I was like, what? Because I'm even afraid to tell you what I think could be here someday that the Lord would build that he wants to use. Facilities facilitate ministry, right? We're doing a high school. We're, we're doing other ministries. There's eight buildings on the master plan, and the total build-out is $100 million on the 40 acres. So when I hear him say, your vision is too small, I was perplexed. And I said, what? I, he said, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I felt like the Lord said. This week, 10 years later, we're upstairs. He's sharing at chapel with some of the staff. Excuse me. These are just leaders now, not the kids. And uh, 
after he, he speaks for a while, I get up and I ask people to pray about this morning because I'm bringing a catalytic change, a catalytic shift to the congregation. And I know it's taken me months and years to get it in my heart and be willing to go to get there. So it's going to take people a little bit to wrap their hearts and minds around it. And I ask to pray that the hearts of the people would be open to this message that I'm bringing today. And I shared a little bit with those leaders. I said, here's the vision. I shared about multi-site that I'm going to share with you in a moment. And a horizon having many campus, or one, camp, one church in many locations. And Donnie said, after the meeting, he came up to me and said, do you remember years ago when I said your vision's too small? And I said, yeah. I said, this morning when you were speaking about these other sites, the Lord spoke to me and said, that's the rest of it. And I'm going to tell you, I needed that. It's true that the Word of God, we don't go beyond the boundaries of the Word of God principally, but it's also true that the gifts of God are to help us stay on track with the thing that He would give us as we go forward. We have a vision to take this church from one location, one church, to many locations. Take a look at this video for just a moment. about the global part of, of Kingdom Builders. Now I want to talk to you about the local vision for multi-site that's part of Kingdom Builders as well. The question is, what is a multi-site church? The answer is it's one church in many locations. When we say 2020 vision, what we mean is by the year 2020, we're asking God to have us help us have all those campuses in place that you just saw up there on the screen. The projected locations, Tualatin, we're obviously here already. Sherwood and Esperanza, that's a Spanish-speaking fellowship. Those will be in place. We've, we've been working with those for a couple years now already. Those will be in place and be part of Horizon starting in February, the end of February. So we'll have three immediately when we start the, the month of March, and there's been a ton of work done behind the scenes for this. We're not just walking into this. It's three years of prayer and laboring. And let me tell you this. The elders have voted 100% towards this direction and this vision. I'm not in it by myself. I'm not the only one. All the pastors of this church are 100% in on this vision. The other prospective sites are Lake Oswego, which I'd like to see in place next year, though I would say God's still adding definition to this, and we're giving you generally, we know the general direction, and God's going to add more specifics as we go forward. But it's time to get moving. Progress Ridge, if you don't know where that's at, that's Cenotopia uh, over um, uh, near Beaverton, the edge of Hillsboro over there. Uh, an online campus is one of the sites that we want to have where people can come in to look and see church all across the world. 
and, and, and see the sermons that are coming out of this place. We have soldiers in Afghanistan. We're all they get to see all week long. And I've had some of them tell me, uh, one of them who was just Skyped in for his baby's dedication last week, say, it's the lifeblood for me to hear those sermons every week. So we believe in the day and age we live in that, that there's, there's other methods that need to be used beyond what we're doing now. And then Southwest Portland, which would be the Terwilliger east side of, of I-5. These are the locations that we believe the Lord has laid upon our heart. Why many locations? Those are, those are fair and good questions. And here's the answers. To build His kingdom. He said to pray that His kingdom would come and His will would be done. To win more souls. To disciple more believers. To raise up pastors and leaders. And I would add that a new dimension that I'm really focusing towards is raising up young leaders. Nurturing and spending more of my time that way as uh, I go forward. And, 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 and so beyond that, it's to reach the southwest Portland area. We have a call to reach this area, to transfer the DNA. I believe that God would take the uniqueness of who we are and expand it to other places. And I like to use one word to explain it, and it's this, balance. It's the balance of grace and truth and word and spirit. Those four things. A lot of churches are into grace, but they won't share the truth. They're too afraid. Not enough courage. They won't call sin, sin. They just tell people, do whatever you want, and God will bless it. He won't bless our sin. He just won't. Part of his word, it says, come to me, and then it says, repent of your sin, which means to turn away from. Why? Because you hurt yourself and you hurt others with sin. We won't be afraid to talk about grace where people can be forgiven of the very worst things. We won't be afraid to talk about truth, which sets the boundaries for us so we don't hurt ourselves and hurt others. We're going to share both. Truth can become legalism if it's all by itself, and grace can become permissiveness. Both are a club that the enemy would beat people with. Grace and truth, it says in John 1.14, Jesus is full of grace and truth. If that's what Jesus is full of, then that's what I want to be full of. Grace and truth are the two wings of an airplane. You need them both for the thing to fly. And so we want the balance of that. We want the balance of the word and spirit. The word of God, the Bible, is unchanging. It doesn't adapt to the culture. The culture must adapt to the word. It's, it's the love letter of God to show us safety and blessings and show us how much he loves and who he is. And so we'll keep the Word of God foremost. We'll call it what it is, the inerrant Word of God. We're not afraid to share the whole counsel of God. It must be. It's the boundaries that we don't want to get beyond. It's the safety. It's the blessing. It's His love letter that He's given us and will be part of every one of our services in a significant way with multiple scriptures being shared every time because that's the truth, the Word of God, and the truth is what sets us free. But we also believe that the Spirit of God is for today. A local pastor wrote a book, um, and the title of it was Better Off Without Jesus. Now, that would surprise you to hear that, but it comes directly from the Word. He was trying to point to something Jesus said that was significant in the Bible that many churches and people overlook. Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you, but it's better off for you because I'm leaving the Holy Spirit. What? Jesus said, you'll be better off when I send the Holy Spirit. Evidently, the Holy Spirit is a big deal to Jesus. Evidently, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. And God wants the Holy Spirit to move in our lives today. He has the gifts for us. He brings salvation. He gives us power to witness. You've heard me say this a couple hundred times if you've been around here for, for, for the time that I've been here. 
I like to say this little saying. The word without the spirit and we dry up. The spirit without the word and we blow up. The spirit and the word and we grow up. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, both are needed. And I don't believe, I'm just going to say it, I don't believe there's enough of the Spirit of God unleashed in churches today. I think we put a cap on it and we try to do our own thing and we ask Him to bless what we're doing. And if we'd listen to the Holy Spirit, we would do what He's blessing. And, And so why would God expand this church? I believe part of the reason is the balance of that. Now, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of wonderful churches all around us. And God uses different churches in different ways, and he emphasizes different truth in some of those churches. But he's calling us to be that church of grace and truth and word and spirit, and he's going to put us in other locations so that can go forward because he likes it. We're going to transfer the DNA of grace, truth, word, and spirit. We're going to transfer the DNA of missions. Some people will say, well, if you put money into local local campuses... And, and, and I want to tell you that it's a, it's a small portion, the local campuses, of the overall, a small percentage of the overall kingdom builders. Most of it goes beyond us in, in every way, uh, beyond horizon as, as a church. But now we're going to take some to start these, these campuses and these new sites. And people say, well, you're going you're to water down missions. You're not giving as much to go there. No, this is what I believe. We're going to give more this year to foreign missions than we've ever given. And think of this. When you move to seven churches who all carry the same mission's DNA and you double or you triple in size and then you're asking all those people to give significantly out of their budget once a month so that children in Cambodia can find Jesus and other works of God all across the world, I believe we'll be five times more giving to missions before it's over. I believe in 10 years we'll look back and be amazed at how the Lord has grown not only the number of people that have come to Christ, but the work of God across the world through Horizon Community Church. Integrity and excellence. The covering that we would give these fellowships are important. I feel that God has put this verse on my mind, and you've heard it a few times from me. Isaiah 43, 18. He's speaking to the children of Israel about their past. They saw the miracles when, when they were in Egypt and, and the plagues came and, and miraculous work of God. They, they, they saw the, the river open up and they walked across on dry ground. They saw manna fall from the sky and God helped them win victories. But then he says after saying all that to them, this, but forget all that. I'm going to tell you, if you live in the past, then your church will soon be past time. If you don't live in today to reach people today, Paul said, I'm all things to all people. Methods are many, principles are few. We stay with the same principles, but as Donnie uh, said last week, God uses the unconventional, something you've never seen before. He does things different from time to time in, in generations without changing the word of God or the truth of God, but there's ways to reach out. And he said in Isaiah 43, 18 to the children of Israel, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. When I read that three years ago, it jumped off the page with this verse, for I'm about to do something new. And I felt God said that it was a new day for Horizon. I believe we've been living in it in these last three years, and we're moving into something that's still part of the new day for us in this era here at Horizon. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Jesus said this. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. Jesus had this orientation of going to the towns. 
And so do we. Luke 9, 6. So they set out and went from village to village, the apostles. Same guys were going from one city to another city and another city. And they were ministering there. And we believe that God would use us in all these cities that we're talking to you about this morning. Preaching the gospel is what they did. They healed people everywhere. What are the reasons that we should do multi-site? Let me get practical now. It's more cost-effective for church impact in new communities. We can use current key leaders and pastors along with part-time leaders, worship, children's directors, etc. And facilities can be rented. If you start a brand new church that's all on its own, it's tough for them to get support. We'll offer support and send people right away. We'll have leadership that helps young leaders to overcome uh, some of the tasks that are before them. We'll nurture, we'll help, and it's, it's just cost effective because you don't have to spend as much money for salaries and, and building a church. You, you can go into rental facilities. And then secondly, it expands our geographic reach. Studies indicate that people won't drive more than 15 or 20 minutes to go to church. 20 minutes is the perimeter for most people. Some here will have come from as far as an hour, but that's weird. Thank you for coming. But that's, that's hard to do, right, to, to make that kind of commitment. Most people can't do it, won't do it. When we moved to Sherwood, when we moved to Lake Oswego, we're 15 or 20 minutes from where we're at in those locations, and we'll pick up another perimeter of 15 to 20 minutes beyond that so we have a greater geographic reach to reach more. It opens new doors for leadership, for service at Horizon. One of the things that I'm uh, focused on is developing young leaders, right? When you get to be my age, you think, how can I spend the, the last 20 years of my ministry being the most effective? And one of the things I think the Lord is saying to me is develop young leaders, pour into them, love them, help them to grow, give them opportunity. And so as we go to these new sites, one of the things you're going to see is new leaders, and some of them will be young. And you know, young draws young. So we'll reach even more young people in these locations that we're going to, and it'll still be horizons. As a matter of fact, this might blow your mind, but if you attend church here right now, and we start a Lake Oswego Horizon site, if you go to Lake Oswego, you've still gone to Horizon Community Church that morning because we're one church in many locations. You might see a video of the service that was done here on the weekend, and you might have a pastor, we'll do it both ways, who will bring the same word that's live, making it his own. Everything will be live there except potentially the sermon, which might be in video, and some of them will even have live there with same sermon that they made their own. But it opens new doors for people. It opens doors for young people who have a pastoral call in their life to be a children's pastor. When we're kind of locked up with that position here, right? We can create other spots for people. We can create spots for worship leaders and more musicians because there's only so many that can get on this stage. And young people want some skin in the game, man. Let me in. Let me play. If I can't play here, I'll go somewhere else where I can get involved. And they'll let me go. We want you to go. We want to call you forward. We want to help you. We want to bless you. We want to release you to the greatest calling in all of life, the call of God to do his work and his will. The other thing is people like to join something new. Studies indicate that in church work, whenever you have something new, there's greater potential of growth. You get uh, potentially a new pastor in an area. You, uh, you, you start in a new location. Uh, you start a brand new ministry in the church. Uh, all these are opportunities for other people to see something like something and get involved that wasn't there before. New draws. So when we send 
cards into these communities saying Horizon is coming to Lake Oswego. Horizon is, is now in Sherwood. And we, we'll, we'll give the call to people. And when we start new sites, here's the deal. They think everybody, this is what they think about church. Everybody there knows everybody and they're all perfect, which couldn't be further from the truth. You guys are not perfect. I'm just telling you. And neither am I, right? Um, but they think everybody there is perfect and they all like each other and they won't talk to me which happens way too often. It doesn't happen here often, but it does happen. I've heard some bad experiences. We need to be careful to love people, turn away from our friends and say hello to someone who comes in So because it's their chance to find Jesus that day and, and to see his love. And you guys do great at that, but I want to remind you from time to time, please keep loving. But when it's a brand new church, their thought is, or a brand new site, huh, everybody else will be new there. They'll be looking for friends. I'm going to go because I'm looking for friends. Maybe they've been away from God and they think, okay, maybe the new people are like me and they're all searching. I'm going to go, but, but people like to join something new and they can begin anew a, a with others in those locations. People like smaller settings these days. The megachurch model is diminishing in America. It's true. They don't like so much coming together with thousands in one room in a sanctuary that costs $30 million dollars. They'd rather be in a smaller setting with a few hundred where they feel like they know people, right? I, I know these people. These people know me. They, they still want excellence. They still want great music, great worship, great preaching, and a great atmosphere, but they don't like opulence. I like to say we're into excellence without opulence. You won't see any brass railings or chandeliers around here. If, we, if, if I see them, they're coming out because we don't do opulence. We, we do cost-effective for the kingdom's sake. And, and, and so people, people that don't know God want to come to a place where they don't see excessiveness. They want to see a church that looks like Jesus that reaches out and is not all about themselves. They want to see a people that will love those who are downtrodden and, and sad and need help in their lives. So they, 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 they also like to come to a smaller setting, and, and, and in that setting they feel like they can be known and, and they don't want to be with thousands necessarily. And, and that's not across the board, but I'm telling you, there's a shift going from megachurch to, to multiple locations uh, and multi-site all across America. I'll speak about that more in a minute. And then this allows th this multi-site for current attenders to move to one of our new sites closer to them, which strengthens the new location immediately, meaning we might send 50 or 100 to Lake Oswego. And you say, well, we're going to have less here. We're going to diminish. Listen. I'm going with the same principle I do on missions. I refuse to believe that if you give something for the work of God, that you'll have less. I think when God finds people who have a heart to know that the church isn't his, or aren't, isn't mine, isn't ours, it's his. Church isn't my church. It's not yours either. It belongs to Jesus Christ. And, and, and what's Jesus want to do with his church? That's the question, right? And so if Jesus wants to take it and move it to, to other locations and... and um, he wants to send some people out. I believe the Lord will replenish in this location what we send. But think of it. You start with 100 in a new location, and then you add another 100 or 200 that come because of the buzz and the excitement when we send out the cards, when we're doing projects in the community to care for the community before we even start the church. We'll have a blitz in a community. And when we do those things and, and, and 250 to 400 show up, we'll have a dynamic happening that you can't, you can't, it's hard to have when you just get out there and start on your, by yourself, but you have the backing of a larger church with strong leadership and resources to help you get a major start, and then the Lord's going to do some things in that community. And then this, there's a phenomenon 
that is working, yielding incredible results for the kingdom of God all across America with multi-site. It's really true. I've watched my friends, and it's happening in every major city in America. Every major city, you have strong churches moving to multi-site, developing leaders. And in almost every situation, they're doubling and tripling their overall attendance. And eventually, which we do the same, eventually if one church gets strong with good leadership, we'll cut it loose. Say, you go, but now you help people. And you reach across the world. And you help plant other works as well. So we're not, this, this isn't ours. We're building, we're building his kingdom, but this is yielding results. My friend, Troy Jones, who is here, they're, they're doing this and seeing tremendous results in Renton, the Seattle area. My friend, Mark Batterson, um, who, who wrote Circle Maker, has done this in Washington, D.C., and, and they've more than quadrupled with multi-site. And, and my friend, Derry Northrup, all these preachers have been here at one time or another to preach for us in the last 15 years. Derry Northrup has gone multi-site in Fort Collins, Colorado, and, and, and Loveland, Colorado, and those areas. And God's blessing it incredibly. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I just know he's doing it. He blessed the megachurch two decades ago, last decade, but it doesn't appear to be the thing anymore. Remember, the methods are many. The principles are few. The methods can change, but the principles never do. I know this. He's doing it. He's doing it. This is, this is my profession where I'm looking, I'm searching. Just like you go to work, I wouldn't, you, know, you, you, you have to look deep to see what's working in your industry. I'm telling you, this is working all across America. And Lee McLeod from the Oregon Ministry Network came to me three years ago and said, we want Horizon to consider this because God's blessing it all over our nation in all 50 states. Would you consider be, being a church that, that has multi-site? And so we've been working on it, asking God, and eventually felt that he was calling us, and we've been moving. Now to the last point, why that my house may be filled? Jesus says, I want to bring people in that they might be saved. Acts 26, <clears throat> he's speaking to Paul, but I believe these words are for all of us. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God, <clears throat> so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. With all these meetings <clears throat> that we had this week, evening meetings, <clears throat> school meetings, staff meetings, along the way, one of one of the young people who came to a meeting spoke to Donnie Moore and said that they had dedicated their life to God and they wanted to give him something. And I, I wanted to show it to you today. It's a knife. And this young lady gave it to Donnie and she had been cutting herself with it. I don't know if you know, <clears throat> but it's, it's a phenomenon among especially young ladies today that they cut themselves. And uh, psychiatrists, they're having a hard time figuring out, but I, I think I know what it is. <clears throat> These young people have such hurt in their hearts that it's a cry for help and they're showing hurt on the outside. And they make these cuts in their arms and in their, on their thighs and they, they hide them, but they bring themselves to bleeding. And this young lady had been using this knife to cut herself for some time. And she gave it to Donnie and said, God touched my life this week 
And he told me, I don't need to do this anymore. So I want you to have it. She gave it to him. He gave it to me. I'm going to put this on my desk. Because I'm going to tell you why I exist. I exist to help people come to Jesus Christ and to know Jesus Christ. God is calling us to help them come out of darkness and into the light. It's the blood of Jesus that erases all of the pain. He's the answer. It's the blood of Jesus and only Jesus that brings salvation because he was the only way that God chose. I want to reach out to people in Sherwood and Lake Oswego and Progress Ridge. I believe God's calling us to reach further so that people might be healed. We'll have youth pastors on all those campuses. We'll have the work of God expanding beyond what we've ever done and we'll reach to love them with unconditional love till they see who God is and come to him. Matthew 22, verse 9. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, because all of us can be forgiven. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. So Kingdom Builders is going to happen. Coming in February, we're going to make our pledges, and it's, it's, it's global and it's local. And we're raising our vision here. Today, I'm giving you a vision sermon. The goal for Horizon in 2015 for Kingdom Builders is $1 million. That's what I'm asking the Lord to help us to get to build his kingdom. It's all about reaching out and touching people so that they can find him. But I have some good news for you. I met with a godly man who the Lord has given great skill to to raise and make money. And he's given significantly before, and I laid out the vision before him and said, would you consider giving $120,000 to give us a good start in kingdom builders to reach out globally and locally? I thought I was given a really stretching ask. Matter of fact, it's kind of hard to do that. But when it's not about you, it's easier right? It's, a, it's, it's about God. And I said, could you give 120000 And he looked at me and said, Pastor, how does 400000 sound? And I teared up, and then I thought, wait, maybe he's teasing, you know. I said, are you serious? I said, yeah. The Lord's blessed me. Let's go. Let's reach across the world. Let's start other, other campuses so more can come to Jesus. That guy's in, man. Doing that is like saying sick him to a dog when you say that to a pastor. Let's go. I, I brought it to a few other catalyst givers at a dessert that we had, sharing the vision, and we, we, we had another $50,000 pledge. And then beyond that, with some other couples, it looks like there's another 50000 beyond with more coming in before we get to February. It looks like, and it's approximation, but it looks like already $500,000 has been pledged towards the one million dollar goal. Can I tell you about faith? Faith is not seeing but believing and moving. And the moment, even though you don't have it, the moment you believe and you move, then he starts to move. 
It's not about talking, about your, your vision's not talking about what the Lord might do someday. It's asking him for direction, and then when he gives you direction, you move. And when you move, that's when he moves. That's faith. The evidence of things hoped for but not yet seen. On February the 15th, I'm asking you to bring your Kingdom Builders Pledge for 2015 and your best offering to go towards building a Remember New Home in Cambodia. So we'll bring our cash gifts and our annual pledge and your, your gift towards a Remember New that morning will count in your annual pledge. It'll be part of that, that gift. We're trying to get 110000 to build another home in Cambodia. You know, we don't get things like this happening sometimes because we don't ask people to do it. But we're asking now, let's help those little girls in Cambodia. Let's reach to Africa. Let's reach to that single mother in Sherwood who doesn't know Jesus. Let's reach to that young man in Lake Oswego who's had all kinds of money but no love. Who's attempted suicide. Let's reach to him. Let's love him. Let's be like Jesus. Jesus.